0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla's long-discussed drive-in, theater, diner, and supercharging station is finally about to get built. Plus, the Model Y and Model 3 are both the top-selling cars in California thus far in 2022, white-hat hackers cracked a Tesla at a recent hacking competition, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 356 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for May 29th, 2022. I want to wish my American listeners a very happy Memorial Day weekend. And alongside me, as usual, that would be Daisy the Boxer. Uh, Doing well. I want to thank everybody for their well wishes after I talked about her injury. I have a couple of second opinions coming up. I've scheduled a couple things just to get a full you know, full suite of opinions, because this is a significant surgery if I was to go through with it. And what's making it, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's certainly not making it worse, but it's making it, making me crazier is she is getting around fine. Like the limp is gone. (laughs) She is jumping around like she is acting totally normal. So I'm going to get a couple professional opinions, second opinions, and we'll go from there. Uh, Also, I want to thank Will from Ancaster, and Gil from San Diego, both owners of the new Model S, for letting me know that I was half right on last week's show when I was responding to Andres from Miami about the third screen in the second row of the new S and X. I said that I thought watching Netflix or other apps from back there while driving wasn't enabled yet, and that neither was the four-zone Bluetooth capability. Turns out I was right about... The second one, but not the first one. You can watch videos on that second row screen while the car is moving, but the audio will play in the whole car. So again, for now, until Tesla does finally enable that promised Bluetooth functionality. So appreciate Will and Gil for... That's a good radio show. Those guys should team up. Will and Gil here in the morning. Uh, Anyway, one more update from last week's episode. There are new... Pretty widespread reports from Model X owners in the Tesla community that the Model X estimated delivery dates were swinging back from 2023 back to the nearer future, late summer 2022, which would be great news. However, just before I went to record uh, here on Friday night, I saw a tweet from Jackson Wallace, who is a Patreon backer and he's got a Model X order. He's a listener to the show his moved back again. So I don't know what to believe anymore. I really think it's a shame that, that Tesla is subjecting all of you Model X order holders to this roller coaster ride. So, I mean, it's nobody deserves this. Certainly when you've, you're, you're wanting to give Tesla a whole lot of money, regardless of what Model X you're buying. That's an expensive vehicle. And to just be thrown on this roller coaster ride with your estimated delivery date, not just from the, you know, perspective of it's just kind of cruel to do to people who are waiting for this awesome new car, but also it's a tough spot to put them in if, you know, they're trying to figure out when to sell their current car, if they're, you know, it's, it puts people in a tough spot. So I hope the sooner dates stick rather than the later dates, but we'll keep an eye on this with the Model X and see what happens. Speaking of keeping an eye on things in the Tesla community, there's somebody who is real good at that when it comes to all things supercharging. And that, and specifically supercharging stations, that would be Marco from Canada. I've mentioned him on the podcast before. That's where I'm starting here with this week's Tesla news. His Twitter handle is MarcoRP. And Marco is absolutely the Tesla community's premier sleuth when it comes to anything and everything with regard to new supercharging stations. Marco has unearthed some awesome new information on an awesome new supercharger. You've already guessed it because you've looked at the title of this podcast. It is the long-discussed, long-awaited drive-in and diner, though it's not going to be in Santa Monica. Instead, it's going to be in West Hollywood. So still the greater Los Angeles area, Slightly different spot. It is, though, on Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> so maybe that's that's something. But, yeah, it's coming to West Hollywood. Marco wrote this on Twitter. He said, This just in, Tesla has officially filed plans for the Hollywood Diner and Drive-In Theater at 7001 Santa Monica Boulevard at the site of a former Shakey's Pizza Parlor. And he, uh, he also acknowledged a tip of the cap to Ride the Lightning listener Ben Hines for helping him track that down. So we'll give that shout out here as well. Marco continues by saying, first look at the restaurant slash diner. It's two stories tall with seating inside and around the building. And then he also posted pictures of the architectural plans of the site. So you can really kind of get an idea of what it's going to look like, at least from the bird's eye view. Uh, More details on this. Again, thanks to Marco for unearthing all of these plans. This site will have 34 total charging stalls with 29 of them being tesla superchargers i would have to imagine they're v3s i can't there, there's no other reason why they wouldn't be but uh they don't ex- explicitly say that but i am i am making that leap <laughs> saying that they're going to be v3s the other five stalls will be level two chargers probably tesla wall connectors aka destination chargers. I've seen other supercharging sites before do this, where they have rows of proper V3 superchargers, but then also some destination chargers as well for if you're going to be at the site longer. Uh, the new San Bruno spot at Tanfaran here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area is at a mall. And it's got, they, they just recently opened a new uh, site here, and it's got some, some destination chargers there in case you're gonna be in the mall for a while. So that makes sense. And it makes sense here too, if you're gonna hang out for a while. Now, speaking of hanging out for a while, if you're thinking to yourself, well, wait a second, movies are 90 minutes long at best these days, and really usually two hours more or longer. Two hours long or more, I should say, flip those words. And you're thinking to yourself, supercharging is much quicker than that particularly V3 supercharging, and you would be correct. So here's part of what the product description doc, excuse me, project description document says. Again, posted courtesy of Marco. There will be two movie screens for viewing by people charging their cars and or eating in the restaurant. The movies to be shown will be features lasting approximately the same amount of time it takes to charge a vehicle, approximately 30 minutes. The two screens will be on both North and West property lines of the site to allow people to view the screens from both their vehicles and from the rooftop seating area. A decorative bamboo landscape screen will be planted on the property lines to frame both movie screens. The operational hours for the drive-in movie theater will be from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., pursuant to the commercial corner standards. So, uh, first of all there, if you're thinking about, well, wait a second, you just said, that the, the uh, allow people to view the screens from both their vehicles and from the rooftop seating area. That does not mean you're going to be able to tap in and watch on your car's screen in inside your car. That is simply saying as you're seated in your car, you will have a view of the large movie screen. Uh, the one of the two of them on the property. So Uh, First of all, I want to say I'm thrilled to hear that this is finally happening. This is going to be a a destination site for a lot of Tesla fans, myself included. The next time I have my car in Los Angeles after this opens, I'm going to make a point to go there. Absolutely. I mean, I want to try the food. I want to see, you know, what they're showing. I want to experience it. That's gonna be really cool. I think it's awesome to see Tesla do stuff like this. I hope they do more of it. I mean, obviously this is a, it's definitely a Hollywood type thing to do, right? You're in Hollywood, movies are, uh, you know, baked into the culture of Hollywood, but I would love to see more themed restaurant drive-in type things all over the place. I think these just add to the fun of Tesla. I mean, if you listen to the entire show here every week, you know that I end the show the same way every week because having the thing at the end that I play uh, which is a quote from Elon on his first Joe Rogan podcast interview where he talked about wanting Teslas to be the most fun things ever. I play that at the end because it puts me in a good mood. Like it it makes me happy to hear that from the CEO of the company. And I've, I've actually heard from some of you that you like it too. Like it makes you feel good. So, uh, this is very much in the spirit of Tesla's being the most fun things is, is having a supercharging station where you can drive in and get food while your car charges and watch something. And it maybe it's a little bit of a social experience as well. I think it's great. I hope Tesla does more of this and that this isn't just a one-off because, you know, we can look at Kettleman City, which I talk about on this podcast here and there, that is the uh, large supercharging station roughly halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles on the very busy Interstate 5 corridor that has the lounge, that has the barista and the merch stand, and that's awesome too, and I've said I would love to see more of that, and so far there hasn't been more of that. I understand there's a cost to incur, and Tesla has... Lots of priorities, and at the bottom of that list is building more lounges at Superchargers, but I do hope that this drive-in movie theater is uh, the first of many and not a one of one. But coming back around to one more point on this, about what Tesla's going to show, are they just going to show episodes of TV shows? If the features are about 30 minutes long, well, that's obviously tv episode length and if it is tv episode stuff you would have to think that those episodes would need to be standalone not something where you need to have seen the previous episodes of whatever tv show they've got going on up there cuz you you know if you roll up an episode 6 of i don't know i was <laughs> breaking bad's the first thing that came to mind but that's not exactly a family friendly show i can't imagine they'll be showing breaking bad uh, at the Supercharger, but in any case, whatever the show is, you know, you're not going to want want to just jump in and, in episode 6 if you've not seen episodes 1 through 5. So I am curious what this will be. Maybe stuff from Disney Plus? Uh, it's One thing that comes to mind, though it's not a 30-minute show, but maybe the recent Netflix documentary, if you haven't watched it, I do recommend it, it's called Return to Space, and it, it is a documentary on... Elon Musk and the SpaceX team sending Doug and Bob up to up to the ISS in Crew Dragon and it was a it's it's a good what hour and a half or two hours long but maybe if it's just split into three parts or they just I don't know I mean but that's something that obviously would be thematically relevant with the SpaceX connection to Tesla and Elon but it would probably also be content that is of interest to Tesla owners. So, I don't know, I, I'm really eager to see what they choose, but uh, nevertheless, I am thrilled to see this project moving along. What do you want to see them show? Email me, cur- or tweet me, you know, if you want, you can message me on Instagram, Twitter and Instagram, I'm DMC underscore Ryan, but yeah, I'm kind of curious, maybe, maybe there's some obvious low-hanging fruit that I'm missing here, but I will be curious to see what Tesla goes with and, and what you guys want to see them show at this thing. Next up this week, you know, maybe you're getting really tired of these sales success stories for Tesla that I keep doing on the podcast, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not sick of them. <laughs> it has been such a long road to get here, and it's now time for Tesla fans to enjoy this. Again, if you if you've been listening for a long time and I know a lot of you out there have, you know that for the first three, four years of the podcast, I would do my usual quarterly earnings call recap and analysis episodes four times a year. And it would be, well, Tesla lost money again, but only a little bit of money this time. And But here we are, Tesla has earned their success and it's time to enjoy it. And particularly, by the way, not just for Tesla fans, but more so for any of you Tesla employees listening to this, you really get to enjoy this, and you should. Now, admittedly, I will say, the bar is getting higher and higher for me to want to even include these in the podcast. Meaning, you know, it's we've gone from like, oh, they were the number one selling EV for a week in this place to, uh, you know, recently I talked about (laughs) the Model 3 being the number one selling car in Europe. And that's the kind of, that's the bar raising we're at now. And so for this one, it's this, the Model Y and the Model 3 outsold every other new car, whether it was an electric vehicle, an internal combustion engine vehicle or anything else in the gigantic state of California for not just a month, but the entire first quarter of 2022. I wanna tip my cap to drive Tesla Canada. That's where I saw this story. Here are the numbers for Q1, which of course runs January 1st to March 31st. There were registrations of 21,812 Model Y in the state of California, just behind it at 21,506. So only 306 behind the Model Y is the Model 3. Then dropping off pretty significantly in third place, For Q1 in California, you have the Toyota RAV4, 15,990. And then another, you know, pretty significant drop-off from there to the Toyota Camry at number four, 12,257 new registrations. And at number five, the Honda Civic, not too far behind, at 11,057. So if we look a little more apples to apples here, the Model 3 which again, just behind the Y, the 3 almost doubled the Camry. Now you may have heard, particularly if you're in California, you've probably heard this, and if not, that we have a little bit of a joke. Uh, it's, although it's not even really a joke, but <laughs> in California, we often like to say that the Model 3 is the California Camry because they're so common. They're all over the place. And I have to say half-jokingly, that at the rate Tesla's sales numbers are going, pretty soon are we going to have to start flipping it around and calling the Camry the Midwest Model 3? Now, I mean no disrespect whatsoever to anybody in the Midwest. I just needed the alliteration for the joke there. That was (laughs) the first thing that came to mind. But even, you know, backing up for a second, let's go back to the Model Y. Uh, The Y and the 3 were pretty far out in front of the RAV4 in third place. Again, they each outsold the RAV4 by approximately 25%. That's quite a bit. And let's break it down further now by class of car. So the numbers, when we do that, the numbers get even more impressive. The Model Y had a 55% share of California's luxury compact SUV class Second place there was the Mercedes GLC at 10%. So within its own class, the Model Y, absolute annihilation of its competition. Um, One more time, Model Y, 55% of the luxury compact SUV market in California in Q1, after which the Mercedes GLC, 10%, and then everybody else was under 10%. The Model 3, in its admittedly very oddly named near-luxury class, captured 65% of that class. The BMW 3 Series was next with 7%. Yes, you heard that correctly. Model 3, two-thirds of that funky class, with the the well-regarded, well-known long-running BMW 3 Series at 7% in second place. In the luxury and high-end sports car class, which, again, bit of a strange one there, but okay, the Model S, number one, with a full quarter of that market, the Mercedes S-Class, again, very highly respected competition in the ICE world, came in next at... 11%. So basically one in 10 of uh, the luxury and high-end sports cars bought in California in Q1 was an S-Class. One in four was a Model S. Finally, the Model X, of course, that was the only one of the four Teslas that wasn't number one in its class here in California. It was in fact number five in the Luxury mid-size SUV class with a 5% market share. Now, part of this, this, all of this success, I mean, is likely due to Tesla just handling this chip shortage and supply chain situation better than its competition has. Uh, Largely through, as we've talked about so many times, including quite recently, vertical integration. Now, the exception there being the Model X, which came in fifth in its class, which we know definitively, talked about it last week, talked about it at the top of the show just now, that Tesla is way backed up on the Model X and having a lot of trouble with the production ramp there. So, uh, clearly, that's the X would be doing better. But the other three Teslas, wow. I mean, Tesla still deserves the credit. I mean, it's it's. I'm not trying to make excuses for the competition at all. I'm. It's the, quite the opposite. I'm giving Tesla a lot of credit for having more supply and navigating these supply chain difficulties better than everybody else did. Uh, now, part of it too, I think we can certainly say, is California's general willingness to embrace electric vehicles with open arms. But the bulk of the credit here is due simply to the fact that Tesla has made not one, not two, but four outstanding products. It's really that simple. And and there's this, I'll go, I'll go one step further here. I don't see any of these four Teslas, okay, any of these three Teslas moving off of their number one spots on these respective class rankings in California anytime soon. And I do firmly believe that the Model X will move up from number five once its production is able to successfully ramp up. And quite honestly, I doubt the Y or the three are going to get knocked off of the podium in the overall California new car sales anytime soon either, because it is just, I mean, I know I'm in the San Francisco area and there are many, California is a huge state it's not just San Francisco and LA, San Diego. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of beauty in California, a lot of places, but boy, you, you look around the major cities, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, and it's really, it's, I I think, I think I was talking to, oh yeah, I was talking to Tesla Hitchhiker 42, one of my uh, very generous Roadster in space tier patreon backers by the way i'll I'll be announcing the new patreon stuff next week uh but uh in in accordance with the sixth anniversary of the patreon but I was talking to her uh, and she's out on the east Coast in a a, a bit more of a rural spot than than uh, than I am here in in San Francisco comparatively and I was telling her that I used to play a game with myself when i would be when I'd be out just, and about, and I would just count the number of Teslas that I would see when I was going somewhere. Like my brother-in-law, who we, he lives about half an hour from us. We would, we go see him and his family on a fairly regular basis. And okay, well, let me count the number of Teslas that on that, on that drive. It went from that, like that's impossible because I just lose count very quickly. Uh, that's how, that's how saturated Teslas are around here, which is great. But so the new game that I play is with uh, amongst just in my own brain is see if I can count to five, not even 10. See if I can count to five, like, like slowly, like not one, two, three, four, five, but you know, just as in seconds. So count to five and see if if I can get to five before seeing another Tesla. That's how awesome it is here with regard to how many Teslas there are. And there's more every day, right? Because the Model Y just continues to ramp up, continues to sell huge. The Model 3 is still chugging along just fine, too. So it is awesome to see, and uh, it's awesome to see everywhere. I know know, I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of you on the Patreon Zoom hangouts and the one-on-ones that I do with those uh, Roadster and Space tier backers. And, you know, you're all spread out across the country, around the world. And I hear from a lot of you how how you see Teslas pretty regularly now when you used to not, you know, just a few years ago. So it's great to see. Next up this week, here's another fun story. White hat hackers are attacking a Tesla, but they're white hats. So it's for the good of us all. Now I reported on a similar thing here a couple of years ago. Tesla is once again involved in the Pwn to Own contest. If you're not if you're not familiar with the term the term pwn, it is just an internet sort of elite speak version of saying owning, like um dominating this whether it's a video game or what have you. So Pwn to Own uh, whereby a group of white hat hackers assemble at this conference and try to hack difficult things for cash and prizes. Now, in this case, Tesla put up 75 grand and a Model 3 if hackers could successfully hack into the car. This report comes from Davey Winder of Forbes, who uh, has the report from Vancouver. That's where the conference was held. He says, Okay, so the news from day two of Pwn2Own is that there was both success and failure when it came to the Tesla Model 3 zero day hacking attempts. The first hack of the day by a team from Synactive, I guess that's their hacker group, was a success. Using two vulnerabilities in a bug collision with an already known sandbox escape, the remote hack was against the Tesla Model 3 infotainment system. What it wasn't was a high enough level of complexity to win the car itself, although the team did earn $75,000 in prize money, which, of course, is enough to buy a Model 3. If the team wanted to, you know, share a, have a team vehicle, they could totally do that. Uh, Davy continues, The second Tesla hack, targeting the diagnostic Ethernet and, and included route persistence, failed to complete in the allocated time. The pwn-to-own attempts are against the clock, but despite this, Trend Micro ZDI acquired the zero-day exploit for an undisclosed amount from the hacker, and this will be disclosed to Tesla for patching. So if you're wondering what specifically the hacks did, because Davey there from Forbes told us about the systems that were targeted and successfully infiltrated, but we did not learn exactly what the hacks did, well, that's on purpose, because it was not disclosed so as not to encourage anybody else to try it in the real world, which could potentially affect customers, us, in the real world. So as before, as you heard, Tesla will now patch these vulnerabilities with Tesla paying bug bounties to these very good sold white hat hackers. You know, you would think that every single automaker would wanna participate in this, but I'll tell you, I mean, I own a Tesla, so that's what I care about. As a Tesla owner, I'm really glad that Tesla does participate in this. And you know, thinking about it, it probably also helps build a mutually trustworthy relationship between Tesla and the hacker community too, so that if something really bad does happen out in the real world at some point in time, more of the hacker community might be motivated to step up and try to counter it. If they know that, hey, we've seen Tesla pay before for you know bug bounties, we've seen them treat us well in the hacking community. So I think it's great that Tesla does this, and I think it's just awesome that that uh, the white hat hackers out there are willing to dive in and, and, you know, they appreciate the challenge and there's a heck of a prize on the line too between the cash and then the car separately. So good stuff from the hacking team Synactive. Next up this week, moving from fun news to not so fun news. <laughs> in fact, this is the final story of the week, so this isn't the most fun way to end things, but here it goes. Tesla has sued a former employee accusing them of stealing Project Dojo secrets. This story comes via The Verge, who writes, Tesla is suing former engineer Alexander Yatskov for allegedly stealing, quote, confidential and tightly guarded information related to the company's supercomputer technology called Project Dojo, as first reported by Bloomberg. In a copy of the complaint, Tesla accuses Yatskov of downloading the information to his personal devices and refusing to give it back. Yatskov, who Tesla claims lied on his resume about his work history and skill set, started working for the electric vehicle maker as a thermal engineer in January and aided in the design of Dojo's cooling systems. As noted in the complaint, Tesla claims Yatskov admitted to storing classified information on his personal devices when the company confronted him about the situation. The EV maker then put Yatskov on administrative leave starting April 6th and asked him to bring in his devices so Tesla could recover any stolen information. Yatskov responded by allegedly providing Tesla with a dummy laptop in an attempt to conceal any evidence against him. This purported decoy contained none of the information in question and was made to, quote, look like it may have accessed only inoffensive Tesla information, like an offer letter, end quote. Yatskov resigned from his position on May 2nd. Tesla is suing Yatskov for uh, compensatory and exemplary damages and is also seeking a court order that would force Yatskov to return the classified information. Well... I don't work in tech, but I live here in, you know, right in the heart of Silicon Valley, and I read a lot about tech, and it's all around me. It's just part of the culture here. And I do know that big tech, tech companies do not mess around when it comes to their most valuable proprietary information. I don't know if Mr. Yatskov is guilty or not, but even if he's innocent, What this lawsuit does is sends a very clear and very strong message to all of the other employees that Tesla, who I remind you is now a gigantic Fortune 500 company, that Tesla can and will sue you, the individual employee, if you do not take proper care of their proprietary information. I have to figure that Tesla is at minimum sending a message here as much as they're doing anything else. My hope is that it revolve, uh, resolves amicably and quickly for everybody involved. You know, I'm, if this person is guilty, then hopefully they're found guilty and punished accordingly. But uh, yeah, I, I hopefully it can just resolve without a lot of pain for anybody involved. All right, that will do it for the week in Tesla news. But stick around, I've got a bunch of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls, a lot of great topics and questions coming up right after this.
1: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: It's time to hear from you in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. If you would like to participate here, I welcome and invite you to do so. There are two pretty easy ways you can go about that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording app and just record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90 second or less call and actually call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's a toll free number that you can dial anytime, day or night, and it's 1 888 989 8752. Again, that's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Ben in Nevada.
2: Hi Ryan, this is Ben in Nevada. First of all, I wanna thank you for the podcast appreciate all the hard work that you put into it. I'm calling in response to Michael and his question about hypermiling. My thought is that you could just set up a separate driver profile for hypermiling with all those individual settings in it so that when you wanna do hypermiling, you just hit that driver profile button and switch it over. And you don't have to change everything manually. Then when you're done, you just switch it back to your normal driver profile. Seems like that would work to me. Let me know if there's any reason you think it wouldn't. And I'm also curious to know more about hypermiling. I mean, I understand why disabling uh, climate control would save you electricity and and other things like that, but uh, why would disabling safety features extend your range? Uh, does it just have to do with high CPU usage? I'm just curious about that. So. Thanks again for everything you do. We appreciate your hard work on the podcast. Have a great day.
0: Ben, thank you for the call and for the kind words as well. Well, as has been the answer to other things, yes, I think a separate profile might do the job nicely here. Maybe it wouldn't quite be able to go as far as Michael is wanting. I mean, if you wanted to hypermile, you'd want to do things like cut the power in half, which the driver can't do until the battery gets below, I think if I remember right, 10%, maybe 20. Uh, So I think you've made a good suggestion here, but I also do genuinely think that Tesla could take this further than a custom driver profile can go if they wanted to embrace Michael's idea on this. But Ben, thank you again. That is a great suggestion. And by the way, thank you to mark from near vancouver who called in with the same idea as well so it's a great minds think alike situation thanks you thanks to both of you on that next up here's jonathan from atlanta sharing his windshield experience as i go through mine
3: so to continue on that broken windshield vein that seems to be now becoming a thing on the show i'd like to kind of give you my story. I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. But just recently, I was teaching my daughter how to drive. We were in my car, um, next to a in a park next to a golf course, and we had just switched back. My daughter got back in the passenger seat. I got into the driver's seat, and all of a sudden, a golf ball hit my windshield. Ah, uh, it, it was loud, scary. Anyway, you did the right thing by selecting Tesla to do your windshield windshield repair because my insurance company sent me, and I don't know if it's a national chain or not, but is I, I think it is Safe Light Glass, um, sent me to Safe Light Glass in Union City, and they completely botched the the, the windshield repair. Um, I listened to AJ and heard about his uh, difficulties with his air conditioning afterward, I definitely had that, um, which was also fixed as well by a uh, software Reboot um, or by a software update. But the other thing that Safe Flight did was they didn't know to put the wipers in service mode. So they bent my passenger wiper up to access the windshield wiper. They broke my electric reclining function on my passenger seat um, and they installed the windshield improperly. Um, I know the windshield was installed improperly because I had just been recently hit by a deer while well, I was back in February and the collision center. The next week after I had my window replaced, the collision center uh, said they finally had all my parts. And so I took it to them, again, after Safelite did my window, and they said that they couldn't adjust the safety systems um, that went through my windshield because the windshield was installed wonky. So just a, a PSA, I guess, to all the listeners, do not let anybody but a certified Tesla collision center or Tesla themselves do the windshield because now I'm out almost $2,000, um, out of my own pocket, because, yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna go maybe after small claims, but I'm not gonna really hold my breath, but there you go. Jonathan from Atlanta, by the way, thanks.
0: Jonathan, I am genuinely so sorry to hear that. I can hear the exasperation and the exhaustion in your voice, and you're not even calling in from the immediate aftermath of it, which means the annoyance of this experience has clearly lingered. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of folks who have used third party glass installers. I mean, I've definitely heard of Safelite, for whatever it's worth. But you know, so I do want to caveat that. I'm not saying that all third parties are bad. I know I know you're not saying that as well, but nevertheless, your words of caution are good for people to hear. Honestly, if my insurance company had pushed back on me saying that I wanted to use Tesla, I would have challenged it pretty hard. I would have been pretty insistent as much as I could be. Thankfully, though, they didn't bat an eye. And the setup for the repair has been perfectly smooth. Uh, I just had to make, what, two phone calls, ultimately, to State Farm, who's my insurance company. And uh, I after one to set it up, and then after I got the estimate from Tesla, which, you know, you get in the app after you schedule the service appointment— And just I had to read them a couple of part numbers and tell them what the price was. And they said, great, we're going to send you a check for the the amount minus your $500 deductible. So that is about as smooth as it can get, really. I can't really complain about that. Now, uh, unfortunately, the one bummer part for me, at least for now, we'll see if this lingers on for much longer. But my installation did not happen this week as as scheduled i was not surprised that sure enough you know once once we got down to like several days before the appointment i got a note from tesla saying we've rescheduled your appointment which they don't say because they don't have the parts but i have to imagine it's because they didn't have all the parts so my new appointment is for this week this coming week hopefully i'll be able to get the replacement done and call it a day with this and hopefully not have to replace any more glass for a while. But uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for sharing your story. Next up, here's Franco from London.
4: Hi, Ryan. Franco here from London in the UK. Um, Reasonably new to the podcast, but um, obviously found you as I have a Tesla Model 3 performance um, on order hopefully arriving in August, although that date keeps moving. Thanks very much, Tesla. Um, my question here is really around the headlights on the new Model 3s, especially the performance model. Um, I've seen a lawful lot online about these headlights having matrix LED functionality, and I know that there was a big question about whether or not they did or not. Um, and those questions were largely answered when the light show was received last Christmas, and the and the headlights were able to to spell out the word Tesla. So that indicates that we are in a position where those where those headlights have micro mirrors inside and can alter the beam pattern in such a way that they can create. Um, shadows and darkness in the areas where they need to. So my question is, uh, in order for us to be ha- able to have the matrix LED headlight functionality when we're driving to, in order to leave the um, the full beam on while we're driving, uh, so it can shut the beam down for oncoming, uh, oncoming vehicles windscreens while leaving the rest of the road in full beam and likewise if we come up on the back of another vehicle to leave the full beam on entirely but just to shut the beam down around the car in front of us is uh, rear screen and so on any idea when that functionality or do any of your listeners have any idea when that functionality might be enabled uh, I understand there was some type of legislation in the United States that prevented that from happening um, but in my previous cars, some of my Mercedes and Audis they've already had that functionality so in Europe where I live there doesn't seem to be any blocker in terms of legislation there um, so there's no Locker um, to why Teslas in the UK and the rest of Europe couldn't have that functionality uh, enabled. So, if anyone could shed any light on matrix LED headlights in the Model 3s, the new ones particularly, um, and when that functionality might be available, or indeed if it already is on the UK cars and the rest of Europe's cars, um, that would be great. Obviously, I don't know because I haven't got my car yet. Fingers crossed it turns up soon. August apparently is the date, as I say, although they. that keeps moving. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Love the podcast. Thank you.
0: Franco, welcome to the podcast. I very much appreciate you giving it a try. And presumably, since you're calling in, maybe it's safe to say you're enjoying it as well. Uh, First, I hope the wait for your new car is not too long. If August does hold, it's going to be here before you know it. And even if it does arrive a bit late, I promise you that you're going to love it. I'm about to hit four years with my Performance 3, and it's still, and this is not a joke, I am not exaggerating in the slightest when I say this, the car still puts an involuntary smile on my face every time that I am in a safe enough spot to mash the throttle. Like, gunning it in that car from a stop is, it, it's, it, it really is like a roller coaster. Like, it just puts an involuntary grin on my face. And it's going to do the same thing for you. Second now, to your actual question. I suspect it won't be too long, but unfortunately, your guess is as good as mine here. Tesla, as you will learn over time, works in mysterious and unpredictable ways. That feature could be unlocked for European cars tomorrow, or it might not be until a year from now. But it is clearly something that Tesla is planning for by virtue of the fact that they are equipping the cars with the hardware in the first place. So I choose to be optimistic and believe that it's gonna be sooner rather than later. Thank you very much again for your call, Franco. And next up is Alex from Charlotte. Hey Ryan, this is Alex from Charlotte. I'm getting ready to take delivery of a Model Y with white seats and uh, have two children that still are in car seats. I'm calling to ask, what is the best way to protect the white interior seats from the car seats that have to be strapped into them? I'm a little worried that the um, car seat protectors that I see online might uh, over time rub off and discolor the seats. And even the car seat cover that's listed on Tasmanian has a warning that says,
2: um, you know, if you do use this, you should ceramic coat your seats first um, and it's not a hundred percent guaranteed that it wouldn't discolor the seats a little bit.
1: So just calling and get a suggestion there. Thanks.
0: Hey, Alex, congratulations on that upcoming model Y delivery. You know, I think about your call and I think your two little ones are going to grow up knowing a Tesla as their default normal car and probably think all cars are like that, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Uh, that's just a neat thing that your kids are just going to grow up and like, oh yeah, well this is totally normal and this is what we do. And, and oh, wait, gas cars. Hold on. Wait, you, there are cars where you put gasoline in it and then it like spits out carbon. (laughs) Wait a second. That's all the, 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 we should be doing the electric thing. That's what excites me about the new generation. I mean, even my daughter to a certain extent, I mean, she does remember my previous car, but. You know, I'm going on, as I said a few minutes ago, four years now in my Model 3. And that's normal to her. So it is cool to think about that with the next generation of of kids. Anyway, uh, I can tell you that my daughter was in a booster seat when I first got my Model 3 with my white interior. And I had a gray, pretty generic baby seat protector thing that I put underneath it just to keep crumbs and dirt. Front and anything, you know, from the booster seat itself off of my actual seats. And I'll tell you, I never had a problem with staining or anything else. So you could just get two of those and then maybe take them out, wipe down the seats, vacuum out the, in, through, in, the, in the cracks of the seat there, the crevices every week or two. But another option that I thought of that might be good for you is to get one of the dog hammocks. Now, the official Tesla one, which I have for my car, I bought it. It's 145 bucks, and miraculously, it's in stock as of when I recorded this, if you go to shop.tesla.com. So you could put that up, but just only put up the back part. Don't put the front, you know, don't make it a hammock. Don't put up the front side of it that loops over the front seat headrests. Just use it to cover the entire rear bench seat. I think it looks nice, and there are Velcro slots that you can pull apart that you can run the seat belts through, so that could be a good option for you as well. You might want to take a look at that. I will also add, there are plenty of other just third-party generic ones, uh, which I, I used to have one of those too, and it was fine, but I do really like the Tesla one now that I've bought that. If you don't want to spend that much money, there are ones for significantly cheaper on Amazon or wherever that you could try as well. So Alex, I hope that helps and thank you for calling in next up. Let's go to Doug from Fort Worth, Texas.
5: Hey Ron, this is Doug from Fort Worth in the great state of Texas. Uh, I had a question, but first I wanted to say, uh, I feel you feel your pain with the windshield. I, had the fortunate luck of having to replace two windshields within a one-month time span. And the uh service was excellent in the Tesla Center in Fort Worth, but uh like you I have that five hundred dollar deductible, so I'm out about eight hundred and forty bucks on windshields in one month. But I've done good since the last month and I still have that windshield. Anyway, uh, my question was. Is there the possibility of programming the right uh thumb controller spin wheel on the steering wheel um to program it to say uh turn the a c up or down and change temperature feel like it's just there doing nothing and uh be easier to detect the seat changing weather to change it quickly with that spin wheel versus reaching for the screen, which I I realize makes me sound extremely lazy, but just uh, a question. So thank you. Enjoy the podcast.
0: Doug, thank you for the call. And I sure as heck hope that you've gotten all of your bad windshield luck out of the way for quite a long time. Two in one month would have me staring up at the sky, wondering if I did something to upset the car gods. I would just be like, what have I done? Anyway, uh I think your feature request is not lazy at all. I think it's a great idea. Classic model S, uh, S and X owners can help me out on this because I think I'm trying I'm remembering now. I'm trying to remember back to my cousin Pat, uh his old his classic model S his 2013, which I had driven many times and uh didn't the older S and X on the on the UI Uh, used to be able to do this. I thought that my recollection is that you could set a number of things to be on the right side of your instrument cluster screen, from music to navigation to the opening and closing functionality of the uh, moonroof. That was definitely there. And I think, again, now I can't quite remember, but I think the HVAC fan speed was part of that. Now, I realize that's not temperature, it's fan speed, but I I am almost positive I'm remembering this correctly. If I'm not, I, I welcome any classic SRX owners to correct me. But in any case, Doug, I would love to see that idea, but I think the big roadblock is that every Tesla now comes standard with basic autopilot. And so that right scroll wheel functionality, as you know, is tied to autopilot. For safety reasons, I don't think you could move it or get rid of it. So again, uh, if I remember right, the old S could do this. And it's because once those classic S and X's did get autopilot in 20, let's see, late 2014, I believe it was. Yes, late 2014. But they had a dedicated stalk coming out of the steering column that was specific specifically for enabling autopilot and adjusting the speed and follow distance. You did all that on this separate stalk, but the three, the Y, and then of course the new SNX don't have that. The new SNX don't have any stalks. So I'm not sure that there's anywhere to offload that autopilot functionality in order, in order to make room for something like HVAC controls on that right scroll wheel hopefully I'm wrong though but I still think your idea is an excellent one thank you Doug one more caller this week it's from Peter in Wisconsin
1: hello Ryan um, I hope you are doing well I'm so Daisy this is Peter from Amory, Wisconsin um, so we've been enjoying our recent purchase recently purchased Model Y very much um, And but there's something I ran into and I'm not sure if it's user error, or if it's actually something that doesn't work. And if so I'm curious why. Long story short, we've been dog-sitting a dog that the the breed is um, one that can get stolen. We've only recently in the news, or a while back, that came up a few times. So we've been a little bit worried about when we leave the car, the dog in the car. Um, so long story short, we... we're running errands and we had to leave the dog in the car and of course we turned on dog mode Um, but we also wanted to have the sentry mode going so that in case something happens we have video evidence of it Uh, we went into the store and I checked my phone and the dog mode was still on but sentry mode was not Um, and when I clicked the sentry mode button it said that apparently sentry mode does not work with dog mode Um, I I would assume that's pretty straightforward. That wasn't user error. If it is, then maybe she can let me know how exactly that gets fixed. But my question is, why would that not work together? If indeed that is the case, that doesn't seem to make sense. And I wonder if there's something that can be done to fix that. Um, thank you very much for your podcast. I very much enjoy it, and have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: Hello, Peter, and congratulations on your new Model Y. Thank you for calling in. Unfortunately, you are not doing anything wrong. Dog mode and sentry mode cannot both be on simultaneously. And I will be honest with you, I'm not sure why that is. However, I will say I have to imagine that Tesla has a good reason for it. Does Tesla feel like they would drain the battery too fast if used together? I mean, I hope not because typically, if your dog is in the car and on dog mode, you're not gone very long. Maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes to run an errand somewhere. So in that short amount of time, I can't imagine that battery drainage would seem to be much of an issue. Uh, I can't imagine that it's a processor limitation. So, because your Sentry's running while while your HVAC's running as the car is moving. So I doubt it's that. I really don't know what it is, but I agree that it would be much, much better in terms of safety but also, uh, crucially, peace of mind to be able to have them both on simultaneously. So if any Tesla software team employees are listening to this, my hope is that there is something about this that they're either considering or actively working on. Thank you, Peter. Thanks to everyone who was kind enough to take the time to call in. I welcome your calls. I invite them, and I thank you for doing so when you do call in. I will get to more next week. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment, so you can refer back there if you are interested in calling in and don't have the information handy. It's also in the show notes, the description of the episode each and every week, so you can refer to that. But stay tuned. I am not done yet. I've got more to talk about, including your pro tip of the week, coming up right after this. I'm recording a little earlier than I usually do. It's now a little past 7 p.m. here on Friday night. And I was very, very fortunate. My company gave us the day off today as a, we have a busy summer season coming up. And they said, you know what? Take We're going to close the office, take the, the extra day over the holiday weekend. So I'm sincerely grateful for that. And one of the things I did, well, the first, I definitely took Daisy out for a nice long walk. And she's, again, she's getting around. She seems happy as can be and perfectly comfortable so so far so good there for now but uh, I washed my car I was gonna I wanted to do it like two weeks ago and I thought and it just and then it like didn't pan out I ran out of time and then last weekend I thought okay this has got to be it I'm going to do it but then I thought well wait a second I'm getting my windshield replaced they're going to be you know the guys have to the team has to work you know they got to get their hands all over the car and they got to put the new windshield on So, well, I'll just wait till after the windshield. And then when that got pushed back, like you heard me say in response to a caller a little while ago, I thought this, you know, I've got this long holiday weekend. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) I had to watch it. So that's what I spent some time on this afternoon. And again, every time I just, I can't explain it. It's just a thing for me where when it's super clean, when I've just finished cleaning it, it makes me happy. It makes me feel good. So... Uh I do still need to do the interior though. I haven't wiped down my white seats in a little while and they they need it. Uh the the kids in the in the, my school carpool that I drive. You know, those kids, the kids have grubby hands and so there's some <laughs> there's some dirt on the back seats and that's okay cuz it wipes right off, no big deal. But I'll do the interior this weekend. But man, yeah, it felt good to get the car clean. Uh all right. An entertainment recommendation. I've got a good one for you that is family friendly this time. It is on Disney Plus, and it is the new Obi Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus. It's going to be six episodes, each one is about an hour. The first two went up this weekend, just before I recorded this. I watched them both. The first two episodes, outstanding so far. Uh, I'm definitely not the biggest fan of the prequels. I think a lot of people my age, around you know forty are not, you know, we, we, we saw them in the theater and I think a lot of us were like, what are we watching? But, uh, the, certainly Ewan McGregor, his portrayal of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi was one of the clear high points of that trilogy, regardless of how you feel about it. And yeah, the first two episodes, excellent so far. So definitely can recommend that one on Disney plus. Hey, how about a pro tip of the week? It's from Ted in Austin.
5: Hi, Ryan. This is Pat in Austin. As always, enjoy the show. I have another pro tip for you. You know, Now that Tesla has changed the icons that you can put in the dock for easy access, uh, I found it kind ha- of um, handy to create one for winter and summer. The reason I do that is because I want access to my heated steering wheel and my X and the heated seats. But in the summertime, I really don't want those buttons there. They They don't do anything for me. So the tip is create a winter and summer profile and switch back and forth as the uh, climate dictates. All right, enjoy the show, thanks.
0: I like that one, Ted, thank you very much. That's a good thought. It's a good compliment to the pro tip a listener sent in a while back about creating profile. In fact, the caller earlier this episode too, about creating profiles for stuff like napping at superchargers, you know, where your seat is reclined all the way back, just have a separate profile for that. I appreciate you calling in with this, Ted. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, feel free to ring me up. I gave you the call and information earlier. It's just send in the pro tips the same way you would send in a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call. All right, let me mention a few friends of the podcast who can hopefully help you out. Uh, and then uh, if you give me a minute to mention my Patreon at the end as well. But let me start by saying hello to Abstract Ocean com. Uh, there's a 15% off offer for your first order. If by virtue of being a listener of this podcast, it comes via a coupon code RTL podcast, all one word. So go to abstractocean.com and you can browse by car. So S X three or Y check out everything that they've got there for your vehicle. And maybe you're going to find stuff you like. I mean, whether it's an interior lighting kit, maybe it's a different color LED light or just a brighter white LED light for that accent lighting inside. Maybe it's a fourth generation tempered glass screen protector that's all custom fit for the screen. Maybe it is a rear footwell lighting kit. Maybe it's a drop-in cup holder stabilizer. They've got a bunch of stuff. Just check it out. I promise you it will not be a waste of your time if you at least take a look abstractocean.com. Again, that 15% off coupon code for first time orders is RTL Podcast. And how about the snap plate, which you can get at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds, but does not stick to your car with automotive tape like the one Tesla gives you. You can take it on, take it off for take it off for car shows while you're cleaning and detailing, et cetera. If you're, whatever you're doing, you don't need to have it on there. You can take it off. But if you need to get it back on there for, say, parking at a parking meter, going through a toll booth, toll road, I should say, toll bridge, et cetera, you can get it back on there very easily, but very securely as well. So get yours for, again, all four Teslas at everyamp.com slash RTL. How about budget safe solar? As I say, every Tesla owner out there probably has a pretty good idea, if not the exact cost for the electricity that their Tesla uses. But we know this based on today's electricity rates. We have no idea how much these rates might go up in the next five, 10 plus years. That is unless you have solar. So if you've thought about getting solar installed at your home or office, Please contact friend of the show, Budget Safe Solar at budgetsafe where their byline is capping tomorrow's energy costs today. Uh, and by the way, if you're considering entering the growing field of solar, they'd like to talk to you about that as well. So learn more slash reach out at, again, budgetsafe solar.com. And if you do end up proceeding with a solar order for your home or office, please use the referral code RTL. I would be humbled and grateful if you do that. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. For my money, there is not a better place that you could take your car to have it get it looking as best as it possibly can. Immaculate Reflections offers paint correction, paint protection film on some or all of the car, whatever you want, They offer ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax your car for the next three to five years and more. Basically, any detailing service you could want for your car, Immaculate Reflections is going to take great care of you and your car. Get in touch via the website, which is IRDetailing.com. Mention that you are a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a nice little discount waiting for you. So thank you to Immaculate Reflections for continuing to offer that to the Ride the Lightning audience. How about puretesla.com slash RTL? That's your one-stop shop for your Sentry mode and dash cam needs. Everyone's USB drive, if you use a standard flash memory USB, it's gonna eventually not work anymore in the Tesla because it's the constant reading and writing and that regular USB flash memory is not intended for that, but the kit that that uh, Pure Tesla uses is built for that. It's a micro SD based USB kit. So order yours at puretesla.com/rtl. It's $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit. You can step up to 256 gigs for $69 if you so choose. I've got the 128 and love it. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. on that as well, which is nice. So again, get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. They also offer the wireless game controller bundle. If you do a lot of gaming with the in-car games like Cuphead in your Tesla, you can check out those nice slim wireless controllers as well at the same place, puretesla.com slash RTL. Jada is the final partner that I like to mention here, friend of the podcast, They've got a whole line of center console-centric products that you may find interesting. I use their wireless charging pad in my older Model 3, which if you have an older Model 3 that doesn't natively have a wireless charging pad built in, I highly recommend the Jada pad. Grab that. Uh, and then the I also have the Jada tray in my car, which is a drop-in tech-focused center console organizer that has uh, a wireless charging built-in for Apple AirPods or Pixel Buds and your Apple Watch as well. You can you can plop that on there and wirelessly charge it. So uh, the other thing, the other big product for newer threes and whys that have the newer center console is the USB Hub console, which is a storage organizer, USB Hub, Apple Watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. If any of that is of interest to you, I have a coupon code for you, RTL, that'll get you a nice discount. All I ask in return is that you please kindly use my referral link when you go to purchase. So please go to getjada.com slash R E F slash eight. Jada is spelled J E D A. And again, these links are always in the show description as well. If you, uh, if you're listening and you're like, Oh wait, what was that thing? Ryan said again, you can always find them in the show description, the episode description notes. Finally, let me mention the Patreon. That is the primary way that you can choose to support this podcast as someday I hope you will. Maybe that someday is today. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, Ryan? 356 episodes in. You don't miss a week. You're here for me. I enjoy the podcast. I'm going to back you on Patreon. And you know what? If you make that decision, I would seriously, with just nothing but pure love and sincerity. I would really appreciate that. So, uh, you'd be helping me out quite a bit if you choose to do that. You can find my Patreon page at patreon.com/tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N. There are multiple tiers that you can choose to support the podcast at on both the month-to-month side and or take a, an annual you can do a one-time, just good-for-the-whole-year pledge, and if you do that, there's a 5% discount waiting for you as a little thank you for, for doing a year. But the perks and bonuses all stack, so the higher you go, the more perks and bonuses you get, and I hope you might at some point at least take a look at the page, again, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. You can follow slash subscribe to the podcast for free, on any of the major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, audio only on YouTube, but it is there if that's how you'd prefer to listen. And if you are on YouTube and want to find me, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla. Because if you don't put the Tesla on there, you're probably going to get a Metallica song. Not that that's a bad thing. That's, that'll probably make you happy, Maybe. Not everybody, I guess heavy metal's not for everybody, but in any case, search Ride the Lightning Tesla and you'll find my channel and where you can easily subscribe from there. And again, I think I mentioned my social medias. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, my handle is DMC underscore Ryan on both of those. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster and Space tier backers. I'll start with the Roadster and Space tier friends here. Thank you so much for your extreme generosity to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacobedo, and Tesla Hitchhiker Forty Two. How about now? The Maximum Plaid Group. Thank you sincerely to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Cos Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, chris osborne zach schwartz kb matt asbury and we drive tesla ev luxury car rental in oahu hawaii finally the plaid level supporters a huge thanks to all of you as well george cassiopo david brander logan willis jason chalukas tim hyde peter chalet eric randolph dory and steve guberman jeremy the tesla owners of taiwan ron lee charlie gillespie David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. House, tra- uh, excuse me, Travis Krenzel, I had it, I don't know why I slipped there, Matt Nixon, The Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zalesny, Not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thanks to everybody at every level of the Patreon for your generous support. Again, these days more than ever, it matters so much to me and my family that you are kind enough to support my efforts with the podcast via Patreon. So thank you. And uh, again, more next week. More, some fun, hopefully fun new things coming to the Patreon next week. I mean, they are coming. Hopefully you will find them fun. For a now snoozing Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 356. I hope all of my American listeners are having a healthy, happy, safe, fun Memorial Day holiday weekend. And as always, I will see you next Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Happy electric motoring.